0: Hi everyone, welcome to PA Talks, an interview series by Parametric Architecture, the world's most renowned avant-garde architecture platform about parametric and computational design. We meet the architecture and design pioneers on this podcast and talk about their careers, experiences, methodologies, and visions for the future. My name is Hamid Hasanzadeh, founder and editor-in-chief of Parametric Architecture Platform. Welcome to the show, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. To support this podcast, please check the links in the description. Make sure to follow our platform on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and support us on Patreon. You may listen to this conversation on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. The following is my conversation with Habibe Majdabadi, a notably prominent Iranian architect of the younger generation. After graduation with a master's degree in architecture from Azad University of Tehran, she established her studio in 2003 in Tehran. She has received numerous awards and recognitions such as Al-Khan Award, Tamayo's Women in Architecture and many more. Her projects include House of Forty Notes, Barjil Museum of Modern Arab Art, and Approximation House. Majdabadi's emphasis on the material originates from the role of cultural and geographical matters as she considers them a poetic way of expression that considers human labor an integral part of the creative process of design. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi dear Habibe, thank you so much for this interview. Uh, To start this interview, I really would like to know what was your motivation to study architecture?
1: Thank you for your interest in our uh, architecture and welcome to our office. If I go back in time, uh, when I've chosen this profession, uh, actually I knew nothing about architecture. And I was uh, curious Maybe the curiosity was the reason for me to choose architecture as a field of my study. I like architecture because at uh, it, it, first it was a mystery for me. It was like uh, choosing architecture, like uh, plunging yourself into um, completely unknown territory. And uh, that makes it really attractive. Uh, I found that I like it very much because, you know, every, every human being likes to have uh, his or her footprints on this earth. And architecture for me is a way of uh, being effective and uh, to have my footprints. And um, I don't limit myself with architecture. Sometimes I use literature and other forms of art just... Uh, as a way to express
0: myself. Thank you so much. And as you know, uh, every architect has his own design process. And there are some important factors in design process to start a project. Uh, Some architects uh, focus on site, some on form, some on function, and uh, some also on the context, and also many other factors. Uh, What are some main factors and focus points that you mainly start your project with
1: all of the factors that you mentioned are important and uh, should be considered in a project but architecture is not uh, there to respond to all of these uh, aspects equally in all of the projects i think each project has its own uh, suggestion the project suggests me this is a time to uh, consider the context. This is a time to consider climate. I can clarify with an example. For example, if you if you work in Bangladesh or if you work in um, Yazd with the very difficulties uh, in climate that we should consider climate the climate is the most important aspects of the project but if you work in tehran maybe uh, air pollution is important uh, budget is important and it's different from project to project uh, before starting a project i have no pre-assumption the morphogenetic idea of the project, which aspect of the project can be morphogenetic. Uh, Sometimes uh, it is uh, context, sometimes it's budget, sometimes it's um, some uh, rules and regulations, limitations in in cities, municipality regulations, project to project is different.
0: Awesome, amazing. Um, There's a rich cultural history that along with Uh, a strong influence of mathematics, religion, astronomy, and etc. has created a unique language for Iranian architecture. Uh, What role do you see this language or history playing in the development of contemporary Iranian architecture, and how your project is affected by this
1: influence? So, I believe that uh, some of the uh, historical aspects uh, they, they extend from past to present. An architect of 2000 years ago in Iran uh, had to deal with the same climate, with the same sunlight. We had a harsh sunlight in our climate. They had their own uh, solutions to mitigate the sunlight. Uh, for example, they had um, brick mesh, Fakhram Adin. Their solutions can be inspiring for us. Because we, we, we still have the problem, we still have that, that historical uh, issue. If we just imitate, that's a superficial, uh, you know, use of uh, history. We, we should not use history to make a continuity.
0: One of your projects, the House of Approximation, makes some rather bold choices which must have appeared as risky for most clients. Could you please share some of the process of convincing your client that this was the right choice?
1: The start point was a meeting with a client, the first meeting with a, with a client. I, I understand that the client is uh, so much interested in uh, plants and uh, spaces, but the land was so tiny. It was 220 square meters. The land lets you only uh, for a pathway to the parking. So uh, I uh, I was thinking, uh, where can I put my plants? And then, then I thought I uh, maybe I can put uh, all the green and uh, plants on the facade. There is a green line which starts from the uh, yard and cuts the facade into two parts and then goes uh, up to the roof garden. The idea of approximation in this project um, actually uh, it was not that's much clearer the way I want to uh, do the approximation um, and it became more clear and complete in the process of construction. That was the very tough part uh, for convincing the client because he was thinking that uh, why I want all these uh, 3,000 pieces of wood, each one slightly different from the other piece. It's not more expensive than using advanced technology. Uh, and this is a great potential in Iran, uh, because everybody knows a handmade artifact is uh, much more precious than a machine-made. I always compare it: a handmade carpet and machine-made carpet. A handmade carpet has all the defects and imperfections, but it's still more precious. Uh, that's my logic for convincing the client. Uh, To have a unique facade, to have a unique uh, um, piece of art that cannot be repeated Uh, and uh, to involve uh, all these uh, workers. I myself enjoyed uh, going to the factory and training all the workers how to cut the pieces and I gave them a kind of freedom to shape the head of the wood the way they like kind of uh, limited freedom and uh, they were so happy because uh they, they were out of their routine life in the factory and uh, for the first time maybe they thought that they are doing something creative and uh, they are a part of doing uh, an artwork. They're making an artwork for the first time in their life maybe. And uh, when, the, when the project is finished, uh, many people um, think that this project belongs to them. And part of their spirit remained in that project. You know, I like uh, natural materials to be used in natural ways. We should not impose uh, exact geometrical shapes to natural materials and I want to make reference to a quote uh, from uh, Arne Henriksen, a Norwegian architect. Natural materials are alive when they are in the nature. When we detach them from the nature, we kill them by detaching and uh, we should give their life back to them by the way we use the uh, the material in our architecture and that's that's the way I try to uh, make them alive again. To explain the logic of uh, shaping the wood like this uh, to make that. The, the reason I wanted each piece of wood to be slightly different from the other piece and to have uh, approximate shape and size uh, is that, first of all, uh, I think because uh, wood is a natural material, uh, so we should treat, treat it uh, in a natural way. Uh, I believe uh, imposing exact geometrical shapes and sharp edges to natural ma- materials will kill them. And it's it's not uh, in harmony with the with the nature. I always have an example. Imagine uh, if you are asked to design a box of pears. One way is uh, giving each pear a different design. Another way is uh, design one pear and copy the rest of the pears in the box. But nobody expects all the pears to be uh, exactly equal and geometrically similar. Uh, so there is a solution in the nature, and that is a natural algorithm. We inspired from nature in this project, the way we shape the wood uh, approximately. They are all uh, similar, they have some similarities, they are they belong to a similar family of forms but uh, they are not identical. You know, exact geometrical shapes and um, sharp edges and identical shapes, they belong to the industrial era only when there was an urge to produce more and more more products and faster and faster but today it's not like that there's no urge for producing more and uh, even in mass production you see uh, the factories they make a customization and they they try to um, give uh, a different character to each piece and, uh, and they nowadays the handmade objects are more uh, appreciated humanizing the music they they add the defects of um, a real player, the defects, the the, the what errors of a, a real player to the to digital music, so uh, it makes it more human. As a result of uh, disappearing gardens in Tehran uh, during past years, birds which were living in Tehran for uh, for a long time. And they're losing their habitats, and uh, this kind of projects can be something like a prototype, uh, maybe a solution. For if, if if they they become common and in in large number, if we, if we consider vertical gardens uh, in the in the city, maybe. Um, They can improve, uh, first of all, the quality of air. We have a very serious air pollution in Tehran Uh, and uh, on the other hand, uh, maybe we can bring back uh, all the different bears to the city.
0: Impressive, impressive. Traditionally, bricks are generic, anonymous pieces of construction. With the House of Fortinotes, you chose to make every brick unique, crucial to the network of the facade. What inspired you to take this approach?
1: To be honest, uh, the start point was the budget. We had a very tight budget, and the first day the client came to our office and uh, he he asked us for an architecturally precious residential building, but. Uh, he said we really have a tight budget so we had to find a solution for that as you see that the facade the design of facade is uh, somehow very complicated and uh, it is it is difficult to do it with uh, uh, unskilled workers that uh, we had in the workshop and we had to translate the, the complicated design to a simple language which is understandable for the workers, which is not a very sophisticated face to drawings because they don't understand. Uh, that was the challenge of our project, how we can, we should perform this. The solution was um, a written instruction. We we, we wrote all the instructions that uh, it should be performed in the uh, workshop and that instruction was inspired from the instruction we have in carpet factories. The main material, as you mentioned, is fire bricks. Fire bricks because it's a available local material and it's not expensive. We, we avoided composite facade. We didn't want and the building to be a composition of uh, windows parapets rim, handrails and all these elements that we need uh, for entering light for uh, safety for having view we were searching for uh, one solution who responds to all the needs of a modern facade of a, of a contemporary brick facade we designed an integrated brick texture and uh, all this texture is designed really brick by brick. Uh, The the place and the projections of bricks, the hollow uh, spaces, uh, they designed really brick by brick, not with any computer algorithms. Maybe in in, uh, larger scale projects it's not possible to do it this way. The only, the only tools we had was the uh, AutoCAD.
0: So you did all of this by
1: hand? By hand and uh, I myself maybe 100 times I, I changed the place of bricks. All these um, openings on the facade, there are factors of a space behind, behind it. For example, if um, there is a home, if there is a bedroom, then the opening is uh, a little bit uh, wider. And when there is a terrace, where we put the um, mechanical, mechanical system, system. And, uh, and then we make it narrower and sometimes in some parts we covered all the facade. So it was really a, a parameter factor of the, the, the space behind the facade. So the filling material was a brick. In the workshop, they put uh, holes, they perforated the bricks, and we had the steel bars as a support. So all the things that workers should do to lay the bricks in the supporting bars and the, all the supporting bars had codes and that is the instruction we prepared in the office. There was a code for each row, row number one to row number N. And then steel bars, they had also codes so in this instruction for example it was written the row number 1 steel bar number 1 there's a project at brick row number 1 steel bar number 2 it's hollow you know there was no need for the workers to understand the whole concept of the project and uh, they were surprised when when the project was finished uh, and they were surprised how they could, they were able to do such complicated uh, facade so easily the reason Khan was interested in, uh, in this project I, I believe it was not uh, at all about statics and uh, you know because uh, there are many projects uh, statically more beautiful than our project sent to Aga Khan and they were interested in the instruction the new method which was uh, only produced only for this project and it happened again in approximation house because in approximation house all the details and all the fit- fittings, metal fittings uh, and all the bars, every every detail uh, is designed uh, only for this project. You cannot find all these uh, fittings and uh, fixtures in the market. Before uh, construction we usually make mock-ups. Uh, of the facade, uh, we did this for uh, approximation house, and we did this facade of uh, Mellat Bank. If you if you seen the facade, yeah. it, it's a copper facade, and uh, we 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 made different uh, mock-ups of the detail because the detail is uh, for the first time. But sometimes it, in Iran, uh, for the clients, is they they say you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> and they they are scared, yeah. but. Uh, this is the way, it's it's very common in other countries, yes. uh, making mock-ups. For a for creative work, there are always a, a penalty and a reward.
0: Awesome, amazing. A prominent trend is the use of the advanced computational tools and technologies in producing contemporary architectural designs. What are your feelings on this trend? Do you see it as a way to enable architects to produce fantastic geometries, or do you think... It detaches the architect from the process of creation.
1: Um, algorithmic design is a progress of geometry that we had in the past in our history. In Iranian architecture, we see very complicated geometries. But talking about uh, design tools like computer or asking me to talk about computer, like asking me to talk about uh, a pencil, because it's a, it's a tool, it's a design tool. But sometimes I need to use this, but other times I prefer to start from a, f- a piece of foam to make a model. It depends. But I have a problem with uh, algorithmic. When you push a button and then uh, something happens, uh, I like to have uh, control of my design. In algorithmic design, uh, sometimes I, I, I think that uh, the computer has the control on me. And that's the part I don't like. Uh, there is a quote from uh, Renzo Piano. He agrees uh, that uh, we need computer, and computers are very smart for for big scale projects. We have no way we, we should use computer. But computers uh, are like uh, those perfect uh, digital pianos. When you push a button, it plays rumba. When you push it, another button, it plays cha-cha. And, uh, you think that you are a great pianist, you are playing very good. That's what happens uh, with some of architecture students when they, they uh, just uh, produce something with computer and they think that's, that's a way of making architecture, but it's not.
0: Dear Habib, thank you so much for such an amazing interview. And in closing, I would like to ask what kind of advice would you like to share with young professionals and students?
1: What is interesting about architecture that uh, you're all the time in an unknown unknown board uh, and uh, it has always uh, surprises for you to find out. My, my advice is uh, for them to go after your curiosity and uh, to go after what you really have passion for. If you really have passion for architecture, okay, go on.
0: Yeah, thank you. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe to PA Talks Podcasts and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts in order not to miss a single episode. Also, you can find out more by going to parametric-architecture.com slash talks. Please share this podcast with a URL to inspire a friend. Also, you can use hashtag talks on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook to give us a feedback about the podcast. Thank you.